0: So Nicole, I guess it's a bit of an informal discussion between you and I today, and part of the importance here is that we're planning to interview a person behind High Flex learning model, Dr. Brian Bietje. I'm very interested in some of the ideas that you were talking about. What's really interesting for us? What What are we looking for to get from conversation?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it will be an interesting conversation primarily because. Um, I feel like in engineering broadly, there have been two camps. So, Mm -hmm. or engineer STEM, I would say two camps. Right? You have the online learning camp, that everything happens online, whether online synchronously or asynchronously, and then you have the face-to-face modality. And always it's either been one or the other, right, with everyone, each group talking about the benefits of the other and what affordances it gives you. But IFLEX gives us the opportunity to meet in the middle, if you will, right? And it's Mm -hmm. more than just having a camera or a Zoom link. It is embedded in the way the course is designed. How do you try to engage the students who are online? Um, How do you I guess take advantage of that idea of presence, right? So we talk about presence in the classroom. What does that mean for the students who are sitting directly in front of you and those who are joining um, through some other video streaming type
0: medium? Mm -hmm. So
1: I think that will make for a really interesting conversation because he spent so much time thinking about these things and how to make it applicable, especially given the current situation in academia.
0: Exactly. And I'm, you know, I'm very interested in this question, like you talk about the sort of presence of people sitting in different environments. And I think for me, always this word comes, how do you create the sense of community, sense of belonging, right? And like, yes, if you are remote, or if you are synchronous, and I think exactly to your point, if we sort of in different setups, then there's a lot of research and experience. Well, how do you make one particular setup work? Yeah. So now if you mixing everything, well, how do you create a sense of belonging when at the same time you're working with this distinct groups of students?
1: The other thing I'm thinking about is that to think that in any way after COVID-19, we are going back to a completely face to face, every student is present um situation. I don't know if I'm being cynical, but I really don't see us going back to that exact model. We can try, but the fact that we have seen how we can leverage existing um, software or existing technology, I think it would be remiss of us as educators to completely disregard the affordances that we've gotten from having these kinds of settings in the classroom.
0: You know, just experience trying those things Mm -hmm. that not many instructors had before. And I think you're so right about this, going, moving forward to you and I talk a lot about this, defining this, you know, I don't know, new normal or whatever the word might be. It has to have options, right? Yes. I I feel just going to one mode where you cannot flexibly pivot to whether completely remote or hybrid or something else, is just, it's not sustainable. And, And I think you're absolutely right having the knowledge, having experience of leveraging technology to your advantage. And plus, you know, I think a lot of people learn that there are some things that could be done really actively and perhaps better than in a uh-huh. face-to-face environment you can do with technology. There are other things that may be not so easy, <laughs> you know, you, right. so, so there are trade-offs, obviously in different environments, but not to, not to figure out a way to have the flexible learning environment I think it's will be to disadvantage of institutions, yeah. to instructors, etc. And and again, I think it's you know perhaps the conversation. There is no perfect model right now, and no. it's it's really tricky to know well how do you do it, and especially in the high flex that we're talking about. In a high flex situation, how do, how do you make everybody happy, right? And you mm-hmm. can only imagine what a headache it is for an instructor to think about all of the logistics that goes into orchestrating multiple groups, learning something in in the space, the new new space. But on the other hand, it's one of the ways to move forward. Well, I even think of it in terms of practicality, right? I mean, mm-hmm.
1: if you recall back when we were in school, if you were sick, You had to be content to not be in the classroom. You had to get the notes from a friend or do some kind of follow up from the um, with the instructor Mm -hmm. sometime after class, some kind of supplemental instruction or whatever. Mm -hmm. I think about now, you know, if we see the students in our classrooms, not just as there to learn, but as having lives and, you know, other things that's going on. with them. I, I think about some of my grad students who towards the end of last year had to travel back home, international students. students, right? They still joined the class, even though it was like, I don't know, 11 o'clock where they were, but that they, we were able to Zoom them into the class. So they didn't miss the class, but they could have been taking care of things that they had to take care of, or the student who was not feeling well and said, oh, I won't be in class today, but can I join the class via Zoom, right? So if you think about not just not convenience in the terms of, oh, I don't want to come to campus today, it's minus 14 degrees, <laughs> but actually having... One of um, the reasons. I do not want to talk about it, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we won't encourage that kind of behavior, but yeah. you know what I mean? Like having these legitimate valid reasons for which one cannot be physically in the classroom, but still not missing out on anything, because there is an alternate option for them to join and
0: to engage with their peers, Absolutely. I agree 100% with that. And I think, you know, also that this idea you and I talked a lot about and talking a lot about this fact that we can it all in the same space mm-hmm. does not necessarily mean that this is ideal and we're going to be interacting and building community and, you know, learn to full capacity. Mm-hmm. That's just not so. I think this idea about fluidity of learning Yes. And, you know, I, I think a lot of us know just with technology, we take work home, right? We don't have to be sitting in the office to do our mm-hmm. work. So I think the same goes for education. There's the, some things. Obviously, it's important to be in person and develop certain skills, but it doesn't mean that if you're not in a class that you cannot learn. And yeah. And I think exactly having this opportunity to go home if you need to, but you're still part of the class and you're not just missing out and be back in a week or so. I
1: I mean, I can see the critique that it may be more work on the part of the instructor. Right. Not only are you managing who's in the classroom, but -hmm. having to manage this virtual space as well. And so I hope one of the things we learned from the discussion with Dr. Beatty is how exactly does one do these changing roles of classroom manager in the virtual in the physical space? classroom manager in the virtual space? Because I can already see, you know, practitioners being interested in this, but just the volume of work, the volume of work. and the volume of, yeah, the additional work that it will take to um, manage such a setting can be a daunting task, I yeah. assume.
0: How much additional work? Right? <laughs> right. <laughs> I think that's a big question. And, and I don't know, I, and it feels like for every situation, there's a new way of work, and, and, and you're right, just managing all of it. And so we won't forget, I just want to also, for the records, read a question that we got from um, Ruth about HyFlex. So she says, I have a question about dealing with the complexity of designing for three audiences at once. Synchronous in-person, synchronous remote, and asynchronous participants. Any tips about how to do this would be welcomed. So I think that's kind of captures it all. You know, how do you do that? Yeah. Um, I think another question that comes to me, how do you build trust? Again, it's sort of a trend we talked about with online learning more specifically, but also when you managing different environments, what does it mean to build trust?
1: Yeah, that's a really cool question. I mean, especially because it is so much easier to interact with a person that you see in front of you, right? Yes. And, um, to Ruth's question, the fact that there's so many different things happening at the same time, it's almost like you're juggling glass balls. Exactly. But, <laughs> exactly. Um, so
0: I think that will be, that will make for a very fruitful discussion. I hope. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to that. And, you know, I'm just thinking with, we would love to start getting some feedback. And, you know, if you have feedback about the content of the podcast that we're doing, or if you would like us to interview some specific people that would be of interest for the community so if and let me see one of the way we can start I see that at some point I gave this email address info at reflective teaching in a digital again it's info at reflective teaching and a digital com. so if you can send us your suggestions your questions that would be wonderful
1: Find us on LinkedIn too. Absolutely.
0: We are we find us on LinkedIn too because we do post information about podcasts and we post sometimes questions. So it would be great to connect. And and he actually what's interesting and whether you know we're making a difference and whether it's helpful. So any positive comments. <laughs> constructive, constructive
1: <laughs> comments. Yes, yeah. Yes. <laughs>